When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that's fully vaxxed and ready to lick sacks. Oh, God. <laughs> and doorknobs. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. What? I'm Kyle Getz. Is that a thing we're doing now post-COVID? And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And that's the joke everybody keeps making. Like, when I, as soon as I get my second shot, I'm going to, like, lick the handle on the bus stop or whatever. I don't have to wash my hands anymore. It's going to be great. Hmm. Did you did you before that? I have still been I feel like we kind of learned after a while that washing your hands was not like it it, it doesn't travel like that as much and like the initial like every like let's all learn how to wash our hands for the first time together yeah. that kind of died down but i have never like i come home and wash my hands first thing still like very thoroughly anytime <laughs> i leave my place early early on when you would go to the grocery store and you'd buy a bunch of stuff and bring it home and then you would have to like wipe all of Wait, that off like yeah. you'd have to clean your cleaning supplies it was very meta um, <laughs> yeah that's not what we're talking about no t- we're gonna talk about john waters yeah yeah i'd lick him too barbara's brother <laughs> barbara's brother actually if you told me that that i could see that um okay sure well, except the L, I guess. Yeah, there is that. There is the one missing letter. L for lady. She's a lady. That's why they had to add it in. You know how we do with last names in America. Add L if you're a lady. Okay, we're going to talk about John Waters. But first. But first. Okay, I'll just get this out of the way. Just so everybody, just so like, um, my 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 grandmother passed away over the weekend. And the that's like less than 24 hours ago from when we're recording this so if i'm a little off i'm a little off and that's that's potentially why but um if everybody could please spare a thought for my mom ma johnson and uh, her dad that would be really excellent thank you and you you elected to come to podcast work today so yeah. we're not just just so you know we're not forcing <laughs> and you into these anything. fucking slave drivers were like <laughs> fuck you and your dead grandma feelings we have a show to do get it together bitch <laughs> <laughs> well yeah dead grandmas are so last month yeah right <laughs> i know sorry dan <laughs> dan are you trying to say you're the hipster of dead grandmas <laughs> <laughs> God, John Waters episode indeed. Okay, uh, well, th- thanks for sharing. And sorry, I already said this. I, why do I feel so like not genuine when I'm talking to you on the podcast? Yeah, that you've had a crazy couple weeks, and that's heavy and shitty. And I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking. Yep, yep. Me too. It's actually a nice distraction too, a little bit to be here with y'all instead of alone and in my feelings so yeah um i hear that news news yeah great <laughs> where does the theme song go in that i haven't, <laughs> haven't ironed that out yet but okay shut your mouth hole it's time for your ear holes news 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 okay news the first so this is kind of an ongoing story a little bit but 
Um, it, it is absolutely terrifying to me, especially now that I want to fuck a whole bunch because I've got my vax, vaccines uh, all, all ironed out. So apparently in the city of Atlanta, there has been a string of armed robberies where the victims were found on Grinder. At least eight people this year have, uh, between February and May, have planned dates on Grinder and then been robbed at gunpoint so uh, the robberies have happened in remote locations throughout the city the police department believes that there are actually more victims that may be too afraid or ashamed to come forward um is it one person doing all of these or is this just a random phenomenon that's popped up well so they do have a suspect in at least a bunch of these um Mm. there are three suspects that they have that are they that are thought to be involved um but but the the primary suspect or the or the one that's most egregious i guess i don't know is uh is a guy around 511 or 6 feet in height uh in his late teens or early so does that 20s. mean he's actually like 59 everyone rounds up on cracker right yeah 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 exactly exactly he's a first top uh, 10 inch dick <laughs> Um, can't host <laughs> can't host yeah exactly <laughs> um there is there is surveillance video of of him that's why they have a description hmm. um so the atlanta police department apparently has an lgbt plus liaison because his name is eric king and uh he he says that people need to take precautionary measures before meeting anyone on a dating app he advises people to notify a friend or a partner when you're going to meet somebody, which is what I do. I send you a slut text and then yeah. I, I send you an address and a time. And that's mm-hmm. when you that's where you go to look for the dead body when you haven't heard from me. Yeah. Yeah. If it gets to be that time and I haven't heard from you and same and vice versa, then something's wrong and go figure it out. Well, Officer Eric King of the Atlanta Police Department says we're doing it right. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Officer Eric King. And you're going to hate this, Kyle, but he says to always meet in a public place before you reconvene somewhere more intimate. That's fine, because at this point, my bedroom is basically just a public place. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) We should get you, like, um, a meter or something, (laughs) like a fare box. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually kind of hot. I mean, not the... Not the story. This thing. It's okay. Yeah. Is is it contained to Atlanta or has it been? No. I mean, there's stories like this. Uh, we've had a couple of stories on on the show about about you know queer people being targeted on yeah, apps this... for, for for crimes, but but not like is... a spree like this. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. This this is a this is a spree that is happening in in the greater Atlanta area. Hmm. Anyway, um, this also says that you can get a. <laughs> <laughs> if you have tips, if tipsters can remain anonymous, but are eligible for rewards of up to $2,000 by contacting Crime Stoppers Atlanta at 404-577-8477 or online at www.stopcrimeatl.org. They don't have a grinder profile set up that you could message to say, I think this profile's fake or something? Like, that oh. actually seems like the way Eric King create a crime grinder profile yeah do we need a grinder profile for gayish that i mean oh, that's, technically, wait, never that's, this is mine this is my profile <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no you're technically i i don't know what it is but i know that there's some viral marketing something we could do if we were smart and thought about it more but like technically if we just had an account for gayish that'd be illegal and it'd get blocked 
I turned my phone off for you bitches so that you wouldn't yell at me. Uh, and um, when I was in Chicago, it was either Grinder or Scruff. I forget which one. Somebody just sent me the lyrics to the theme song. Like that was their opening line was the lyrics to the gayish theme song. <laughs> I mean, this makes sense. You you have the gayish in your profile. Yeah, I, I do on one of them. No, I don't. I don't on either of them. I do have podcaster as something that oh. at, at, least, at least one or two of them say. I think my Tinder profile might say gayish. Anyway, this is not what we're talking about. <laughs> if you're in Atlanta, don't die on Grinder. Great. Next. Next. Great. News the second. So this is a long setup for just a punchline that I really appreciated. I, I forget if we've covered this before or if I've just been following it closely, but there was a former gay porn star named Philip Tanzer who was running in the Scottish elections. And he... Despite being a former gay porn star, uh, at the age of 32, renounced his gay sexuality and began dating women. He has since become a far right, quote, men's rights activist. Fucking uh, yes. straight people. God damn it. <sighs> but but he was on the ballot for the far right anti LGBT plus Scottish family party and did not do well. And all of that led to what was just my favorite headline of the week. On Pink News, former gay porn star turned far right men's rights activist bottoms out in Scottish elections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's probably uh, good video they could have to there to like oh, to reflect this. God, so great. So, so great. Um, the Scottish National Party did really well in the last election. They fell just one seat short of an overall majority in the election. And a lot of people are saying uh, uh, so the SNP leader, Nicola Sturgeon, is saying that uh, they want to run a referendum uh, again by the end of 2023 for Scottish independence. So hmm. um, quite the election, but and they did not they did not elect this gay porn star asshole, former gay porn star. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, news the last. Yeah. News the last. News the last. So also an ongoing story, I suppose. Elliot Page, who we love and we follow and we talk about a lot because he's fantastic did a interview with Vanity Fair that came out last week. And in it, he says that, excuse me, I've, I, I have had like three sips of Prosecco and I already have burps. We all are drinking bubbly beverages because we, I don't know, maybe Professional the Professional podcasting. <laughs> I, I was thinking like any kind of train wreck this episode turns into, we can blame on John Waters. We can just say like, oh, that was for John Waters. So if if all we do is like, burp and make fart noises and fuck up it'd be like no john waters would love this <laughs> yeah right <laughs> absolutely um <laughs> anyway in this vanity fair interview the interviewer who is also trans asked elliot uh, i don't know how you feel about your own childhood but i uh, i also came out later in life at 30 but i know i was a trans kid i wasn't born in the wrong body i was born in a trans body is that how you felt about yourself as a child and elliot's response is all trans people are different, are so different, and my story is absolutely just my story. But yes, when I was a little kid, absolutely 100%, I was a boy. I knew I was a boy when I was a toddler. I was writing fake love letters and signing them Jason. Every little aspect of my life that is who I was, who I am, and who I knew myself to be. I just couldn't understand when I'd be told, no, you're not. No, you can't be that when you're older. You feel it. Now I'm finally getting myself back to feeling like who I am. And it's so beautiful and extraordinary. And there's a grief to it in a way. And so we just, Elliot Page is 
kicking ass and and is doing an actual good job of representation and and visibility un, unlike caitlin jenner the train wreck <laughs> and uh but but he's saying something that we hear over and over and over again from a lot of trans people like i knew when i was a kid and yeah. no it didn't change and no it wasn't a phase and no it wasn't the fantasies of a of a, of a little kid he knew and has known and that's 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 not every trans person's story but that is a common story that trans people will tell you, and um, it's 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 awesome. I think to 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 hear to hear that repeated in such a big public forum like Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I think more people need to uh, hear that trans people do know, and they do, or some do know when they are kids, when they are extremely young, and like that's not. Uh, yeah like you said like that's not a kid with a weird fantasy that's not indecision that's not confusion like kids know and as uncomfortable as it makes you feel that kids know they're trans like i i I don't know i don't i don't care that it makes you uncomfortable because that's just what it is so like you know republicans trying to push all these anti-things just don't have a real understanding of they just because it's not their experience they can't understand it just like most issues yep yep absolutely absolutely um yeah that's that's the news that's the news um speaking of no nothing speaking of nothing here's patreon um i want to thank the following (laughs) patreon members uh josie sweeney uh brian and the first person who i remember to look up and remind myself of the pronunciation they sent in edin ashkenazi I sounded tentative, but I said think think I said it right. Ashkenazi, go fuck off, Mike, Dan, <laughs> and Mike, and Eden. Everyone, fuck yourselves. <laughs> Is that Eden? No, oh, that was Eden. explicitly said that Eden. It's not pronounced like American Eden. Well, you know, fifty percent of the name is is better than better than none, Kyle. So. Is it though? Does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. You all know what's going on now. Um, if you want bonus content, if you want me to say your name, if you want, uh, you know, just to support our show, go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Do it. One of the benefits of being a $50 a month gap bridger is that every month you get to vote between three topics. Each one, one of us, Mike, Dan, and I submit, and then yep. you don't know who is, is whose, and you vote on which one you like, and motherfucker goddamn shit. And you always pick mine. <laughs> this is, are, I, there was like, I, I, is it four to two now is the score? You've, okay. There was a moment where I was like, oh, I got this. And then Dan is just like one time and time again. And I'm uh, angry and bitter. And um, and that's uh, all your faults. So this is where I remind you that I'm winning by losing. I'm okay. still zero for a whole bunch. And I'm very happy. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Do you guys want to reveal who, which of you picked oh. Patty Lapone and which of you picked Bette Midler? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, Dan did John Waters, which is the winner. Which mine was very close. Which was Bette Midler. I picked Patty Lapone by process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Bette Midler is also all of these people are these gay icons that I feel like were before my time, and then people 
older gays make me feel bad for saying that it's before my time. And then when I don't know about them, they make me feel shitty and can't believe. And that's where the phrase takes away your gay card comes up or they're like aghast. And, and so these are all people that fall into that category for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it, it, let's, let's, let's talk about John Waters for, for a, a little bit then. Sure. Like when this came up, I, I'm really, I'm nervous because when John Waters comes up in conversation, people are, are particularly passionate about him and his impact yeah. and his, uh, who he is. And, um, I feel bad because I have a hard time caring. <laughs> 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 and like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but I just have never really quite gotten it or, or, or understood. And wait, have you not understood or have you not like known anything about him? Cause there's a difference. I mean, and like, I know who he is and I mean, hairspray is what he's known for, for anybody out there that's wondering like who, who we're even fucking talking about. Um, hairspray, uh, is, I, I think arguably his most mainstream, yeah. uh, impact that, that he, that he has had, but he's a, a movie maker, cultural icon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like, uh, that's one of the weird things about a lot of these things is you can't go back and experience him like other people did. Other people grew up with him and his movies and had a big influence on him. Like I cannot recreate that experience. So it, he will never mean the same thing to me as you. And and that's one of the things that I find difficult about being in the gay community where it's like, Oh, you don't know who this person is. They're so important. It's like, uh, there's a difference between understanding and learning about that. And also like, I'm going to have a very different set of people that are important and influential to me. And like, I don't know, making me feel shitty for not knowing people is is more ostracizing than useful yeah yeah i absolutely agree i totally agree all yeah i i I knew who he was knew he's gay knew he had his pencil mustache uh and but since then the the first movie of his that i watched was actually for the scream queens uh podcast Mm -hmm. uh, that i actually had to go back and listen to because i didn't remember if i liked serial mom or not we watched serial mom for that i completely forgot everything about it so i liked it (laughs) okay you did that's that's well that's what i said in the past so i assume i did i love this question Uh uh-huh did you believe you when you listened to yeah. you and your opinions about them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I definitely did. I think I did really like it. Um, okay. Also, there, I got this kind of dread in me. I also watched Female Trouble and then like read a bunch about him and, and stuff since then. So I know way more about him now. But when I was listening to myself talk about Serial Mom, I was like, oh, you have no fucking idea who this guy is. And the way you're talking about it is so weird and disconnected from like who he is and what he is. And like, it's, Mm. it's just, I I was like, Oh, I feel uncomfortable listening to myself, not knowing anything about this dude and talking about him. And here we are doing an entire episode. This one, I can blame on everyone for voting for it. I didn't pick this, but you know, so I have have a bit of an excuse this time, but I feel, I feel odd talking about him, especially to people who know love and grew up with him and know far more than I do about him. So like, to me, like this is going to be me thinking more about how, what does his work say to me now as yeah. a 35 year old gay guy? Like, d- does it translate? What is it good? Is it bad? Is it, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. He makes a lot of cameos too. Like it's mm-hmm. interesting because his look says something like I, I recognize him 
or would recognize him if I'd not seen a single one of his movies. And yeah. that, that, there's just a lot of it's the mustache. A lot of it's just mm-hmm. like his stature and his weird sort of goofy build and, yeah. and his very eccentric way of speaking. Um, uh, he definitely, he definitely is immediately recognizable, which I guess speaks to his iconic nature. Yeah. Um, Did I first hear him speak on the Simpsons? Cause like when I was growing up, I wouldn't have seen any of his movies or really know, like I watched the Simpsons every week with my family. So like that might be the first time I heard who John Waters is. Let's do that. Yeah. 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 Um, since then I, so, uh, last night I watched female trouble. And so that is a little bit more classic, uh, John Waters movie, uh, um, Pink Flamingo. I wanted to watch that, but that is nowhere on the internet. Like, there's even an article that says this is not available on the internet for streaming. So, wow, okay. And Dan pulls up his copy of it, so I guess I can. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to borrow it. You didn't specifically say that, but I'm assuming I, I can. I don't know if I have a device that'll play a DVD anymore. <laughs> okay, everyone makes fun of me for keeping my Xbox One. The only reason I keep it is. On occasion, every like five-ish years, the power will go out and or, or I won't have internet and I can't watch anything on TV. And I just have this devastation of like, how, what do I, what do I sit down and do if I don't have the internet? And so I have like some DVDs and an Xbox One so I can play uh, things if needed. Do you mean a 360? I think you have a 360. Yes. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Three, no, okay. it's, it's a 361. Okay, great. <laughs> it's all the way around and just a little more. <laughs> great. Um, and you watched? What did you watch? Um, yeah, I t- today I um I, I watched another 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 one of his movies. Um, and it probably it, has a name. I would think it, it, it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> a dirty shame. I watched a dirty shame. Um, and we we can talk about that uh, a, a little later. Yeah, his um. So his, his whole steez again for like people like me who who uh were a little less familiar before you know this year's is uh the the names i saw come up in articles about him were the pope of trash the sultan of sleaze and the prince of puke uh he did these camp like kind of horror uh intentionally trashy movies i think he like even talks about them as like trash cinema or something like uh, trashy movies a lot of them featuring Divine, the uh, drag queen that inspired Ursula, which now I get after seeing Female Trouble. I, I not, like I'm understanding that, and it makes a lot of sense to me. And he's just known for like intentionally trying to be offensive and and doing these outrageous things. The most popular thing that he has said he's surprised like he didn't know people would still be talking about it is in uh, one of the early movies, Pink Flamingo. Divine, the drag queen, ate dog poop like. Mm. real life which is unfortunately i could not see that because i couldn't find it streaming so i have not personally witnessed the dog poop eating scene but that's just one i like (laughs) you know that just comes up often with him and is a good like reference for understanding what it means but they're just so like i don't want to say terrible acting but if you were an outside observer just watching a scene you'd be like these actors suck this directing sucks this like (laughs) i don't like this is so weird and and yeah, so they're all like indie movies that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Oh man, are you are you as nervous as I am about misspeaking? Like, <laughs> I okay, I, kind of, but no, but go ahead, say what say. I want I want to hear what weird thing you have to say. Uh, th- when you're watching his movies, I've only seen a handful of them as well. Um, and at least the ones that I have seen, they have a 
they have a th- something about them that as this there's a common aesthetic choice most of his films take place in the city of baltimore in in specific neighborhoods he has uh actors and actresses that he casts over and over again but there's like intentional color choices and the characters are outrageous and acted over the top so much to be like the the, the acting is so bad it comes all the way back around to good <laughs> and, and then bad again like your xbox 361 um <laughs> they're they're like just crazy overacted ridiculous situations sometimes there's even this like what universe are we in because like the the laws of physics don't apply uh, in Mm -hmm. natural ways there's like like cartoon ish uh mechanics that can happen it's just but but there's a there's a feel to it and um I, I don't know. It's it's. I think that's impressive. Like like regardless of the other things that I might think about about him or the movies or the impact or whatever. Like to be able to set a tone is is really uh, it means there's something happening. That and like yeah. that, that's art. You know that I uh, to me that's the biggest thing of like the movie Independence Day. People like, but it's not art. It's a mm-hmm. it's a different. Th- I mean, it is technically like, but this is a movie that is art. Like. Oh, I, I think will think about and have continued to think about female trouble and like thinking about what it means. And like it, it he is, it's interesting, especially cause serial mom was the other one I watched before. Like they have this woman that kind of goes crazy and then gets put on trial. Like this, it's interesting. Like it has this similar dynamic. Like ha- it seems like having divine or a woman go crazy and kill people is like a thing. And it, like, what I love about it is like, I having learned about screenwriting, how you're how, how Hollywood writes movies. I watch his movies and have no fucking clue what's going to happen next. Oh, and I'm yeah. surprised like, and I think in very good ways and like, you know, shocked as he wants, I do not know where it's going. And that is very refreshing from like these days after learning the structure of screenwriting, now everything is kind of easy to guess or like I'll play this game where like the midpoint is a specific point in the movie where you have to have a certain kind of scene happen there. And I always like guess where the midpoint of the movie is uh, Mm -hmm. to see if I've got it right. So to be able to watch a movie and say, Oh, this is the scene that they needed to construct for this thing is like, you know, that gets kind of, there's a structure for the reason because of a certain way people listen to stories, but it's, it's refreshing to just have no fucking clue where this movie's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Kyle. Hey Mike. You know how we were on, we read movies the other day and yeah. we watched that horrible uh, eating out three movie. Yeah. And you know how Mink Stoll was in it? Yeah. Mink Stoll has been in every single one of John Waters movies. She yeah, and she... one other actress named Mary Vivian Pierce have been in every single one of his movies. I, I think that's really awesome. I love like Easter eggs like that. So now you can like every one of them you can watch and like, okay, where is, where is she? Where is she? Yeah, it, it's very interesting that the eating out movie people decided to pluck her out of obscurity and, and to put her front and center as the mom of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it is interesting. Like it, her, her in like eating out makes sense now. Like it just starting to come together of like, uh, what she's doing there and why i'm like what she sucks but like it makes yeah sense it makes now. me wonder if the, if those movies are also intentionally bad they're just less good at being bad 
I yeah, well that's okay. I think this is a very good and important distinction because we know gay cinema is being bad, but there's big difference between what John Waters says of putting out art that is intentionally trying to offend, shock, surprise you, and be bad. He he says he wants to like it to be bad. He knows what he's doing and he's putting that out. Eating Out tried to be a fun gay movie that is kind of has has shitty writing. Like that's yeah. very; those are very different things, and it would be a mistake to lump them in the same category of just all gay cinema. And I think the challenge is like as gay gets more mainstream, like how do you how do you separate out like some an outsider watching John Waters movies are going to be like, what the fuck is this gay movies are horrible? You know, like it's just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting the, the the differences between those movies. You you sounded like you were going to say bad things about the movie you saw. Oh, and I want um, you to say them. Oh, you want me to do that now? Oh, or whenever I don't know. What do you want to do? So why don't, why don't you do the bio? We said we would do that somewhere up top. Okay, great. I don't know if he's a top, but he is. <clears throat> um, uh, so John Samuel Waters Jr. He's actually a junior. His dad was also John Samuel Waters. Um, he was born and raised in Baltimore, which we just said, and he's super loyal to that town so much so that he still lives there. He has houses in other parts of the country, but he spends most of the year, most years right there in Baltimore, which is hilarious to me. Like Baltimore is not that cool. Just FYI. <laughs> Sorry, Baltimoreans. <laughs> Sorry, um, Ricky Lake. Yep. Uh, Who is also in a fuckload of his movies. Yeah, she's uh, the original Hairspray Lady. Yeah. Um, so girl, little girl, not the mom. Uh, he rose to fame in the early 1970s for transgressive cult films, according to Wikipedia, which uh, is funny because there's a whole article about what is a transgressive cult film. And uh, it doesn't mention him. <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but uh, this this sort of this sort of shocking, funny and shock value, low budget films uh, is yeah trans transgressive cult films. Female Trouble is a good, like, has good examples of that. I will just throw out some things that happened. The actress Divine has sex on a out outside on a mattress, and the person playing the guy that has sex with her is herself, is him, is the actor. Like, he's having sex with herself. Like, and he has a shit-covered underwear on when he fucks her, and then she ends up getting pregnant and just, like, poops out a baby. on. Like, she... she <laughs> When she's having sex with her husband, he fucks her with a, a, a pliers because that she was like the hammer today, and she's like, no, the pliers. Like she chops off some old lady's hand and locks her in a, a cage. Like you know, there's just like crazy outlandish shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, true that. True story. <laughs> oh god, my movie was so so insane. Okay, so. Comes from a Roman Catholic family, which that feeds into some of his humor some of the times. Like mm. there are little references to R Roman Catholicism that, that pop up. Mm. He was upper middle class, which I think is is sort of interesting too, because I don't think of Baltimore as having an upper middle class. Mm. <laughs> 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 um, so. The film Lily, which I don't know anything about it, but apparently puppets feature in that movie a lot. And and he saw it when he was seven years old. And, and really, that 
triggered something in him and he used to do um he used to stage violent versions of punch and judy shows for children's birthday parties <laughs> and it, it had a had a thing for puppets and had an early had early signs of being creative and and maybe nonconformist so like I said, his most famous work, uh, arguably, is is Hairspray, or at least the most mainstream. Started as a 1988 film, was later adapted into a Broadway musical, and then another film. Um, and that's it's I think why most like n- normal, boring, straight white people n- know <laughs> who he is. He also works as a visual artist across different mediums, such as installations, photography, sculpture. He got an honorary degree from the Maryland Institute College of Art. And he, his books, Carsick and Mr. Know-It-All, were both nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Spoken Word Album. One of his uh, visual art I saw, it's called Justin Had Work or something like that. And it's Justin Bieber with like big fat plump lips and like, a, like it just looks super Botoxed up. It's kind of funny. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> he had like, a, like a, a renaissance or whatever you want to call it in the 90s, a comeback. I don't know. Um, but he had Crybaby, Serial Mom, which we talked about, and Pecker, all in the 90s. And then in the early 2000s, Cecil B. Demented and A Dirty Shame, which is the one that I watched today. We'll talk about it later. Uh, it, that, that's the last movie that he directed. And he's still working. He does a lot of a, a lot of stuff, but um, he hasn't directed a movie in a long-ass time, 16 or 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and something I read, he was like... I would be fine if I never made another film. Like it didn't sound like he was ex- like explicitly saying he would never would, but he was like, I've made 16 movies. Like, uh, you know, I think I've said a lot of what I have to say. So uh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, he's an openly gay man an avid supporter of gay rights and gay pride. In a 2018 interview, he answered that he is in a relationship, but they both prefer to keep their relationship private. Quote, if you don't keep some things private, you don't have a personal life. He he stated that he always likes his partners having their own life and not being groupies. I, I think that's really interesting. Like Dolly Parton also does that, right? Like her husband has like, no public appearances. They don't go to stuff together. And it, it, it sounds like that's sort of how he uh, approaches his love life, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's that's... That's he also is an officer of order of arts and letters in France, which is like, um, I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's like the Kennedy Center Honors, or like, like it just means like it's the the highest the highest honor that you can get as an artist. But apparently, French people love him, and he's like that makes sense to me. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that can lead well into something I wanted to talk about with him is his entire thing, especially his early movies, like what he did was intentionally anti-establishment. It was, here's all this shit you like. Well, let me shit on it. Um, yeah. I don't, I still does shitty underwear in my head. I can't stop saying that, but, um, <laughs> but like it, 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 it's so weird. And so there were some things that I was reading just about his style. And, and I think someone, uh, someone asked in an interview, does it bother you that the middle class you criticize in your films are now embracing your films and he said no it's just another moment of irony and a life laden with irony i realize i'm the establishment now um and it's i feel like when i read his interviews i get this he's not explicitly said that this but like this longing to go back and and like he he now because of where he's at can't be the transgressive person that he wanted to be because he's 
part of this group, this elite group now that he wasn't at the time. And so it's like this very interesting, I would assume weird dynamic to be in of like, he said like, no one would make fun of my films nowadays because everyone's like, I forget how he exactly said it, but like, you know, journalists are all like trying to be cool. And so you're John Waters is someone you're not supposed to, like you're supposed to think is cool and hip. Like Mm. nowadays he's like, you're not, yeah, you're, you're supposed to like him because he's cool and Indian weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned like hairspray as being the one that like straight white people <laughs> would like. And that made me think of the idea of camp and it's, it's the idea of like straight people or I guess a broader audience kind of taking, taking over something. And, and I, I went back to the 2019 Met Gala um, where the theme was camp mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, that word gets you. I don't re- actually know what that means. I feel like it's like it's like the 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 legal definition of porn. Like you know it when you see it or whatever. Like if something is camp or campy, I feel like I can say that, but I don't know if I'm right or not. It's just a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> no, same. And I like I, I kind of think that camp, but inherently, so um, Andrew Bolton, the head curator for the Mets costume institute so he was like doing these interviews when the met gala did camp said that uh, camp sensibility can be traced back to the french court under louis the some number um because there's like you know x's and stuff um who gathered and the decorated parisian nobility at versailles in that palace of high camp everything was pose and performance and then he also said that we now live in the midst of another camp explosion whether it's pop camp queer camp high camp or political camp trump is a very camp figure and i think that's very timely and i think camp is such that the fact that it has gotten to that level means it doesn't it can't exist the part of the existence of camp was rebelling against all of this so for camp to be popular it very much feels like people taking something and and just not understanding and trying to like lady gaga was the only one people were talking about at the at the met gala because she did her 16 minute entrance with like three different costume changes or whatever and and everyone else was like camp is not just wearing something weird like it's Mm -hmm. you know it's so he john waters did an interview for vulture about and they talked about the met gala and the interviewer asked did you think any of it was camp and this is what John Waters said. That is a word I haven't said out loud in 40 years. It started as a secret gay word that only gay people understand. I had the book, The Camp Followers Guide. I stole it on 8th Street. But then everything evolved from that. Camp was a hidden thing only a few people understood. Now straight people have basically taken gay culture and they and they understand most everything about it. In my book, I try to push a new agenda on gay people. For gay men and gay women to have oral sex together for the first time which I don't think anyone has ever advocated yet. So I'm trying to go beyond any of those terms, camp, trash, or filth, into another level of humor. But camp was always something that was so bad, it was good and didn't know it. I thought that was interesting and relevant, not just for camp, but and even fit in with the female trouble, like the idea of people taking, being interested and excited and, 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 and taking this kind of weird outsider eccentric, just violent, raunchy, weird shit and being fascinated by it. And then when push comes to shove, 
turning on it and not trying to take any of the the fall for it. It's it's like this weird way that I think straight people kind of abuse queer cultures when they yeah take- I mean, we we need to have an expert on to talk about this. And it, it, I I feel similar vibes in the drag world and talking about whether RuPaul bringing it to the masses is good or bad for the art form. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Like you, you take this really subversive dudes in dresses doing over the top shtick, but when 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 Karen is watching it on national television, <laughs> is is it still is it still subversive? Is it still queer? Is it still uh, uh, is it still what it once was? And, yeah, um, it's it, and John Waters exists in this place where he intentionally was trying to avoid the the like those popular things or the like or or he was rebelling against those things so it's i think he is constantly trying to find like what's the like thing that's even more out there what's the thing that's weirder like what's the thing that's and so that's why he talked about like all right gay people tried like doing oral sex to each other because like have you tried that like that's out there and weird so he just has this like instinct to be rebellious against and like no matter what it is rebel against it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which i don't i, I don't, there there's there i think that's part of what uh what i don't understand about him is like i i i have a similar like i things that you're not supposed to talk about i like and then i'm like oh that that's interesting then like let's say that you're not supposed to you know it was the the gay jesus movie that came out in brazil like you're not mm-hmm. you can't make jesus gay like uh, that makes it yeah. very interesting and it was also really funny i forget what it's called but it was good but I don't have this desire. He gets joy out of when people hate him. Like he gets mm. joy out of it. And I don't understand that. You don't? No. Okay. You do? Yeah. Go on. <laughs> you, say say you've more. Seen me on, you've seen me on Facebook. Sometimes I love that shit. <laughs> I, but do you? Yeah. I can't tell if you like uh, liking people hating you is a defense mechanism because you know, okay, let's get real for a second. Yeah. You're, uh, when, when you say you would intentionally want people to not vote for your topic. And so you're intentionally picking bad things. So people don't vote for you. Is that a defense mechanism because people didn't vote for you. So if you say that you want to lose and you lose, then it's fine. And if you win, then it's, then it's okay too. Like it, it seems like part of that, there's a defensiveness to being happy when people hate you that, that you're putting a wall up and pretending you're happy about it. Maybe. I also think that like this whole exercise for me with the voting and the choosing what I choose (laughs) is that I like to think of myself as being really sensitive to and understanding people and what they want and what they need and putting up a competitive topic and maybe being right, maybe being not is one thing, but being being right about what they don't want consistently <laughs> sort of proves my sensitivity to what would work. You're well, okay. You, you realized that you weren't getting voted for. So you picked a more challenging game that you could play within this. And that's picking a thing that was good, good enough that people didn't figure it out, but bad enough that no one voted for it. And that's like, you're making your own fun out of this. Yeah, and and maybe it, it 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 could be totally like megalomaniacal on my part too. But I I feel like if people if it was too bad, people would know it was mine and would choose it out of spite. Yeah. So I've I've got to like I've, I'm threading a needle here. <laughs> 
that's where I think I'm saying, like, I think you're trying to make your own fun out of this. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what John Waters is doing. He's making his own fun out of what he does. And I can see that. Matt, maybe this discussion did help me understand a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I mean, that the, we need, we need whatever the opposite of gayish. That was, <laughs> <laughs> I understand it a little more than before. <laughs> Straightish. Um, it, he did an interview with, with a, a trans actress and she talked about when she was an actress in a, like the character she was playing was not a written as a trans character. And she looked, she like looked herself up and there are all these articles she found about people not being sure if her character was supposed to be a man or a woman. And she was like, that sent me into this spiral of like mental health and and issues. Whereas I think John Waters would like that. He would like the fact that he saw that in articles. And that's like the part, like I I like, that's the part that, that doesn't, I'm, I'm more in line with that actress that would be like, I don't. I want to talk about the things that people don't talk about, or it's fun to rebel against the things that you're not supposed to do or that you're supposed to do. But I don't want people talking shitty about me. I don't want to be, I don't want people to dislike me. Don't you think it's love hate? Like, isn't that what's the saying? It's going to bug me now. The worst thing that somebody can do is not hate you, but it's to not care. Yeah, we've had this, like, would you rather someone hate you or be in... Oh, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Indifference, yeah. There you go. You said it so much better, Kyle. Good job. Thanks. Good good work, me. We should end there. And by that, I mean the entire show. Um, I think we've talked about this. Would you rather be... Which is worse, to be hated or to not be... To, to have someone be indifferent towards you? I mean, not exactly what you asked, but like when people when people work for me, I would rather have an employee that hates their job than has totally checked out because uh, the the person who hates their job still cares. They want it to be better. They 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 wish that things were different. The person who is indifferent, who just shows up and punches a clock and just fucking gives zero fucks. That is a much more difficult employee. Um Anyway, I just uh, hate. I, I would rather be hated than ignored. I think that's 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 a pretty easy feeling for me. But I, I remember when that topic came up, uh, like just with us a long time ago, and it was the first time where I was like, "This is insane to me." I, I would rather be ignored than hated hmm. completely, and it's like one of those foundational life kind of things that I had to learn that not everyone is like that. Like I, I don't. I just it's. It's insane to me because the feeling of being disliked for me is like devastating. And it's like, I know that's tied into like, I, I associate myself with, with other people's opinions of me and blah, like, there's a lot of shit that goes along with that. I get it. But like being hated is like horrible. So I think that's the piece of John Waters that I don't, that I don't get. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Can I talk about camp just a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, 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 one of the campiest camp people of all time that ever camped is actually a personal hero of John Waters, apparently. And that's little Richard. So he loved, loved, loved little Richard or loves little Richard, but little Richard is dead. So is that past tense or, or present tense? You can still love someone that's dead. <laughs> all right. Well, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, so he loved little Richard a whole bunch and 
um, so much so that it became kind of a thing. So Playboy, the the magazine Playboy, which let's talk about the irony of like a straight titty magazine hiring like <laughs> one of the, the biggest homos of all time, sent him to Little Richard's house to interview him in 1987. Did I already say that? 1987. Okay. I'm burying the lead a little bit. Apparently, the interview um, didn't go so hot and almost ended in a fist fight. <gasps> and and so the part of it is is this story of like sometimes you shouldn't meet your heroes. Mm. But also, I think that's John Waters' version of the story, and it, it it wasn't it wasn't that bad. So he Jet Magazine had recently run a cover story on him that said that he had left the ministry because because despite all of the like over the top campy like really gay seeming or the very least flamboyant image that little Richard had. He was also a minister, hmm. but had, had stopped or taken a step back, or at least that's what jet was saying in this article. And uh, we've talked about little Richard before, right? I think we did an entire shrinkage about him. Yeah. And I don't know and, what we said about him, but well, I, I mean, we, we said a lot of, a lot of stuff that's sort of, Jermaine here just that he came up through the the minstrel circuit in the south which was basically this exploitation of especially black people but also heavily leaned on a lot of queer themes and you had little Richard like performed in drag as this this uh this this character that was just this you know comic lamentable comic relief trope and he leveraged that into this career as this ridiculous, crazy, over-the-top rock and roll musician in 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 the fifties. And he also, though, was raised in the South and was religious and and had this sort of weird relationship to his own queerness. It depends on when you read his interviews, what he was saying, but he he never was like super out like, oh, I'm a proud gay man. Here I am. Uh, he he was sort of tight lipped about his sexuality. It, we, we talked it, we talked about all of this in, in, in the shrinkage. But what did what is his orientation? Did he did we ever land on something? Uh, what are the options? What various things did he say? Well, let me. In this interview that he had with John Waters, he said, quote, I love gay people. I believe I was the founder of gay. (laughs) I'm the one who started to be so bold, telling the world, you got to remember my dad put me out of the house because of that. I used to take my mother's curtains and put them on my shoulders. And I used to call myself at that time, the magnificent one. I was, that's quote, uh, sorry, capital M, capital O, the magnificent one. I was wearing makeup and eyelashes when no men were wearing that. I was very beautiful. I had hair hanging everywhere. If you let anybody know you was gay, you was in trouble. So when I came out, I didn't care what nobody thought. A lot of people were scared to be with me. And but at the same time, he is on the record as preaching against uh, homosexuality, Hmm. um, sex in general, much less gay sex. And and, at least he's consistent. At least it's all sex. Right. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's true. Um, he he talked a lot about in this in this interview. He's clearly sort of trying to associate himself with this subversive person. Like he thinks of Little Richard as pushing the envelope of propriety and daring to flirt with these sort of taboo topics in a very public way. And like the conversation we were just having a little bit ago, Little Richard 
wasn't doing it on purpose like or at least it didn't seem like it so the joy that you think that john waters gets from rubbing people the wrong way Mm -hmm. little richard seemed to approach it as just this is who i am fucking deal with it Mm -hmm. but the irritation did not bring him joy i mean that makes sense like there's a difference between i'm going to be who i am and i have the ability to you know defend or or kind of block out or ignore the people that don't like it versus i'm intentionally going to make something that pisses you off yeah yeah exactly exactly but i and i i think that the idea that he's now mainstream john waters thinking oh i'm the mainstream now <laughs> it, it it was was sort of was sort of was sort of little richard's goal right <laughs> um John Waters seems to be sort of lamenting the fact that he's become the mainstream and can no longer be the subvert that he wants to be. Is that even a word? Sure. Um, And also like a lot of, he did say he's in the mainstream. I I put a lot of the lament or the, I I read and assumed that he lamented it. So he didn't say that directly just to be super duper clear. All right. Okay. But how did they almost get into a fist fight? I don't understand the fighting part. At the end, at the end of the whole thing, that jet interview had made him, nervous to do interviews and at the end of the interview little richard handed john waters a, a typed up release that said this is something we give everybody i'd appreciate it if you'd sign this and it said quote we agree that you little richard shall have approval of the content of any article written here under predicated in whole or in part upon the interview basically saying this piece of paper little richard has veto power over what you publish yeah yeah and john waters said i can't sign this (laughs) if you'd shown me this first playboy would never have sent me and so then there was a big fight he had to he had to talk to his manager and he had to to talk to a lawyer and like apparently they're they're like in little richard's house having this fight about whether he's going to sign this release that gives little richard veto power over the contents of the article and that that's what made him think that it was going to turn into a fist fight if you were going to ask for veto power that seems very weird to ask for it at the end of it when you've already said the things. Like, legally speaking, I would yeah. think you'd want us to get it signed first before you say your words. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, anyway, I, I think I get the impression that at least in 2010, when John Waters was talking about this experience, that he he still l- loves little Richard and, and holds him no ill will and is this still still his hero, despite maybe a, a, a slightly tense encounter with him when they had this, this meeting. Yeah. Interesting. I wanted, we t- went back a little bit to the, uh, him being the part of the establishment. I also wanted to add that he was not invited to the Met Gala on camp. So like there's, <laughs> although he is a part of the establishment, he's, and he said it was great because like, I didn't have to pay a bunch of money to like get my outfit and i still got more media coverage than anyone else they wrote about me more than anyone so so did he i i will just add that clarification it is not that he's you know a list brad pitt nowadays but he he's just far more well known and far more mainstream than than he ever was but yeah yeah for sure so i mean all of this stuff makes it like him <laughs> interviewing little richard on for playboy and like just <laughs> doing all the shit like it it makes sense now that i know more about him and he talks a lot about how he likes being offensive and he likes offensive things but in a certain way that i think is is useful like one of the quotes that i read from his interviews is he said i think joyously obs- obscene can be wonderful and a celebration whereas real obscenity is nasty and makes you feel bad about yourself which I thought that yeah. was an interesting 
um, kind of distinction that I hadn't thought about. Like, what is the and, and that's what he was trying to draw the difference between him and Trump. He was actually talked about Trump in an interview where he was like. Trump is actually using some of the same tactics that John Waters does of like, Mm. this shouldn't be said and it's outlandish and it's shocking. But he said, but I love everything I make fun of. And Trump is making fun of the things he hates, you know, like, so that's like, and I thought that was a big, interesting and important difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But in, 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 in the realm of offensive, like it's, it's brilliant to walk that line and not, go too far like you have to look like everything is on the table you have to look like there are no sacred cows but still know where the line is because there are lines you can't cross and still be palatable as as a figure this is actually a very good segue into me kind of looking into or, or seeing like something that just keep popping up when i was reading stuff about him like more recent like within the past past 10 years interviews he's done is trans issues. Oh, okay. So, Wait, Kyle, okay. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. Is he bad at trans stuff? No. Uh, yes and no. Okay, great. Is he? Wait, is he? Is he seventy-five-year-old? Okay, at trans stuff. <sighs> Let's. Talk, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. No, this is. I don't. That's a great question. And by the end of this, we <laughs> let's talk about that again. Okay, great. So um, it's interesting because you, you're talking about like walking the line um, on. Uh, Le Officiel USA in this article, the trans actress I mentioned before wrote an article called, called John Waters is uncancelable. <laughs> um, oh. uh, she talked about this. Um, one of the most, if you're thinking about trans, like uh, divine was not trans. She was a drag queen. So he talked about how like divine outside of character was like, these boobs are hot and this wig is hot and I'm getting out of these clothes. Like, so, so divine is not trans. Uh, There was an actual trans person in one of his early movies, pink flamingo, uh, Elizabeth coffee. She talked about in the movie, there was a flasher and she flashed her penis back at him. (laughs) And that was the shocking part of it of of she's very femme female presenting so like then to flash her penis back uh, i watched an interview a, a very recent interview and she said instead of being the joke i got to make the joke i got to win and that appealed to me and when people see the film they're they're a little bit more shocked by what they're seeing. But I I think that if someone stops and looks at, at the content rather than the form, if they look at the context, they understand that in, in that particular scene, I'm the strong one. So uh, also, uh, also there's an article about his uh, uh, book, Mr. Know-It-All, where apparently, because I didn't read it, so I had to get someone else on an article on them that said he advocates for an army of transgender people to rise up in militant fashion to crush, crush bigotry, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> um, at the same time, here's some other things he said, quote, people have babies now and they won't tell them what sex they are and let them decide that invites either derision or parody. I do not understand transgender rights. I'm not saying anything against them, but I think you do have to tell your children something. And then the interview said when they asked about the consequences of that, 
he said, maybe they'll be asexual. No, not asexual. What is it? Autosexual. That's a new militant group that believes masturbation is the only sex they should have. And when they have sex with other people, they feel uh, they have been unfaithful to themselves. And I still do that. Make liberals nervous, even though I am a liberal. Mm. He said that in 2018. Wait, am I one of those? Autosexual? Uh, <laughs> do you... Ju- I was reading about autosexuals next because then I was like, what the fuck is autosexual? And that needs to be a whole episode on its own. There's okay, like, great. Um, no, you're not. Autosexual is about everyone experiences autosexuality. Hi, welcome to our sub episode, autosexuals, where Kyle <laughs> tries to remember the things he just read about autosexuals. Autos- is, this, is this a shrinkage? Producer Dan wants us to have more shrinkages. So like some, <laughs> some, some timing shit. I don't know. Um, so autosexuals, uh, everyone, again, things are spectrums. Everyone, oh, not everyone. Most people experience some degree of autosexuality just by virtue of masturbating. You like masturbating. It feels good to some degree. Yes. But if you get into, yes, confirm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but when you get into the, like, I label myself as an autosexual, it is because I am sexually attracted to myself. I think I look good. And then you talk about auto, um, Erotic asphyxiation. That actually came up in the article where there's like some dangers to it. Like you can, you know, accidentally, but there's also like people that date themselves and they talk about it in a way that I'd never heard of, of like, I go on a date with myself. I go on coffee. I romantically love myself the way other people love partners. Hmm. It's, it's it's like a Brene Brown book almost like that's that's but and that's the point it is it is it distinctly not in the way of like I love myself it's I am in love with myself and like in one extreme someone wanted to marry themselves that's not oh. what we're talking about anyway what he was talking about I don't know why autosexuals came up in his he's worried that by I I think he is to the point oh what you say stuff. Well, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, this is dangerous. And for that, I apologize. I'm just thinking out loud and trying to give voice to like f- feelings and, and concepts that are running around in my head. Um, babies are fucking stupid. <laughs> they know nothing. They can't even fucking eat. Right. That's and, not dangerous yet. We, you uh, feel uh, good about that, right? Right. Yeah. I yeah feel, same, I, same I, I, me too. They're, I will, I will die on the hill of yes, babies are stupid. They're so uh, stupid. They can't do jack <laughs> shit. But I also think that, I mean, babies, they don't have an identity, right? Like object permanence isn't a thing. They they have no self-concept whatsoever. And and so the, the idea that maybe it's okay for your parents to give you one while you're figuring it out, I don't have a lot of heartburn with that. And that's the, like, that's the thing that, that made me feel weird. Like, I don't ever hear... When I, this is, this is the part of him that I like, I'm not sure how I feel about, like, I don't hear liberal people saying, don't give any baby a gender. I, we even talked to Sarah in our um, uh, recent episode and she said, I refer to my children by the gender they were assigned at birth until they tell me otherwise. I've never heard, uh, I think people uh, mostly on the right see our reaction to gender reveal parties and then think we want to raise every baby as a gender neutral object until it decides the gen like that's not no one i don't hear people say that i don't hear that being the goal and so when i first read that i was like oh this is a dog whistle for hating trans people i don't think he does i think right-wing people would use this to say 
those left-wing people are so extreme and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And John Waters does have this. Um, I'll read another quote. Um, he was on Craig Ferguson uh, where Craig Ferguson got flack from the trans community because uh, of a skit where he wore a dress. The only th- uh, um, or, or someone else wore a dress. The only joke was that this is a man wearing a dress. Um, mm. uh, um, so later then Craig Ferguson was interviewing John Waters and, and talked to him about it. Um, and he was like, I was horrified. Is it not okay for me to wear a dress? I think it's certainly okay. You know, uh, well, I'll to, take that as an endorsement. Me, and yeah. so that, you know, I, I sometimes argue with some of the gay militant groups because why do we have to be good all of a sudden? I, I'm for the rights of bad lesbian mothers. <laughs> You know, no, uh, no, wait a minute. No, yeah, you've gone too no, far. I, th- no. I, th- I think that. Well, I think I'm for gay villains. I'm for. I don't think suddenly we all have to be good all the time. And tr- and trannies. There's a movie that came out called Ticked Off Trannies with Knives. I don't think you can. I don't think you well, can see trannies anymore. I think they have- can't. They got mad about it. And I said, Well, why? I mean, why? you know, to me. And they said, Well, some of these trannies look like drag queens. Well, I know a few that do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's tricky. It's, it's it's dangerous water. I mean, you don't you don't want. It. I don't want. It. I mean, I want to you know let people know that this is a safe place. That you know whatever whatever your sexual preference or whatever minority you belong to, you're welcome here. I don't I don't judge people except this audience. But I don't judge. <laughs> Judge me. I felt all. I felt most trannies are heterosexual anyway. Really? Yeah, a lot of them are. I don't get that, but they are. Yeah, they look like Tootsie and they tip badly. <laughs> no, wait. That's that's not fair to say that it's they true. tip badly. It is really? true because they come in Provincetown. They have this uh, convention there in the fall where straight transvestite comes with their mortified wives, and basically they say, "Okay, you can do it this one week here, but don't be doing it at home." Right. And they're walking around looking like Tootsie, and they all the waiters hit it because they leave. They tip badly. I don't know why. Mm. If you told me that Rush Limbo said this, I would believe you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, I'll read you one more quote, and then you'll have all the information I do, and then we can continue discussion. But <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing the evidence to the table. And like some John Waters movies, we are ending with a court case. <laughs> right. Um, uh, in 2015, he said, The Bruce Jenner Caitlin thing is kind of old hat to me. I had a transgender woman in pink flamingos. This is the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She had uh, breasts and a penis. She got the operation that week. That was radical to me then. Caitlin's a Republican. She's on a reality show and she's a Kardashian. We can't make fun of him or her. Uh, and then he also said, uh, talking about, said he was more interested in female to male trans people. He said, it seems newer to me. They look like guys I like, so it's even more confusing. They ask me to sign their vas- vasectomy scars a lot, which I do. What? That part doesn't make sense to me, but that's okay, what great. he said. Female, um, female, female to male trans people don't have vasectomy scars because they don't have vasectomies. I'm very confused. They have okay. mastectomy scars potentially. Is that a misprint? Oh, mate, that might that would make. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in just that one word, <laughs> and maybe someone transcribed this poorly. Yeah. But so it's interesting because I agree with him. I think showing a woman's penis was a ra- radical act. Clearly, that that woman, that trans woman, even nowadays, felt like she was the one with the power. She got to win. That that was a joke that she was a, a part of in it. So it's mm. like uh, that stuff is radical and awesome, but all of this, like, 
he's like, uh, you know, those super liberal gay people, I offend them too. And it's like, well, you don't offend me. You just kind of sound a little shitty. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> like, I, I think, I think people talk about like, oh, the left wing is so offended. And I'm not offended by any of this. I just, it sounds to me like you don't, you're not totally on board with trans issues or you are inventing super left wing stories that aren't there, like gender, like extremes that, that are what the arguments that right wing people say. So yeah, I don't know. I, that That's this weird feeling I have that I, I don't think he's a, just like, you know, a turf or anything, but I just think he has, I don't know. I, I either don't think he gets it or yeah, he's, I mean, it's, it's weird to be interested in trans men just cause it's newer, like to him, like it, that kind of speaks to his counterculture. Like, Oh, I see so many trans women, like that's new and fun. So I like that. And that like, I don't know a lot of this, anything he says has said about like gender or trans people has felt weird to me. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was a weird way to ask it, but that's, that's, that's why I asked, is he, is he the 75 year old version of an onboard person? Right. Like I, a lot of this stuff is so new. It really is. And like it, it to it's, us. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. To us and, and our culture. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, what has initially when you're talking about, are you worried or nervous about doing this episode? I was at first, but I, I also think then I realized the most John Waters thing to do is talk shit about John Waters. Cause you're not supposed to, everyone's supposed to revere him as an icon and to pull up things that I want to trash him on is like, goes against what gay culture should do right now, which like he's kind of down with. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I generally like him. This one thing very much rubs me the wrong way. I, I think the the people that tend to like go after like what he called the militant gays, those tend to be the people that are like, you know, why do you have to be so extreme? Like, why do you have to be? So, uh, and it's it's just like, it's weird that it, he's saying it because that tends to be the cis white middle class privileged gay that says that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. It, it, it's it, i think the weirdest thing is he says a lot of things that people that should that shouldn't be him say like ha having his history of like being so out there and queer and and making all these crazy ass movies and being in the drag scene like it's just i don't know there's something that i can't put my finger on that's weird and off and it it feels like you're supposed to just respect literally everything he says because he's this icon and and I don't, and, mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean I don't like, like, I think his movies are interesting and obviously he's bad, had a big influence, but yeah, this, this, and clearly there, I don't, I, now I'm just babbling. Like clearly there are trans people out there who liked him and supported him. And it, one of the trans writers who talked about the penis flashing scene was like, it's a, it's a thing that still works all these years later. So like, I am trying not to like put words in people's mouths of like, I'm not saying this on behalf of the trans, like the trans community that they don't like him. I'm saying this weirds me out and his way of speaking about trans things makes me feel like he wants to go against quote unquote PC culture, which is a very right wing thing to do, which is weird. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Um, this is, this is a slightly awkward segue, but I'm going to do it. I wanted yeah, to yeah. talk. I, yep. I wanted to talk about a dirty shame. 
It's the the movie that I watched today. <laughs> okay, came out came out in two thousand four. It's the last movie that he directed, at least so far. And there's a joke in there that leads me to believe that he just that he just doesn't get it. Can you give me just like the rundown of what that movie is? Okay, well, it answers the question: Is Johnny Knoxville hot? And the, I answer, mean, the answer is yes, right? The answer is yes, and oh, of that course. I did not expect. But really, yeah, oh god, yeah. he's yeah. I mean, the, the the basic synopsis is that it's Baltimore. There's this Harford Road is this part of Baltimore, and that there's there's the neuters, which are the the puritanical anti-sex. They call themselves normal, straight white people, mm-hmm. and. And 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 the the perverts who are a bunch of sex addicts that uh, all have these fetishes, and um, most of them have had a head injury, and that's how it ha- that's how their fetish like manifested. So you've got Tracy Ullman, who I love, I I really really like her a lot, and she has some problematic humor on occasion, but I I, I, I think she's super talented. Anyway, uh, she is a neuter. She's like she has locked her giant titted. Uh, daughter in the in the attic because she was stripping uh, she went and got like gigantic boobs like <sighs> comically enormous boobs and then danced at a, at a strip club and so she had to lock her in the attic like rapunzel um anyway she gets hit in the head and johnny knoxville is on the scene to like help and now suddenly she is a a, a cunnilingus bottom is what they call her. <laughs> and that's what she calls herself. She's like, she's addicted to getting eaten out. And Johnny Knoxville like helps her figure that. Anyway, it's this whole thing about like the sex perverts and the normals and this, this fight between the two, the two, the two camps. And Johnny Knoxville is this Jesus character who's like the Messiah and there are 12 apostles who are the 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 people who are going to bring about this sexual revolution and and uh, Tracy Ullman's character is this is the 12th apostle of all of these sex perverts. There's a lot going on in this movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on in this movie and um d- despite the ridiculous scenarios over the top bullshit that's poorly acted, I think on purpose. <laughs> writing that is very questionable in terms of its quality. Uh, <laughs> it, it's I I weirdly liked this movie, huh. um, but that's not what I expected you to say after saying me all neither. That. I can't like I'm I, I I apparently a couple of glasses of prosecco and suddenly I'm like doing a 180 on this movie, um, but. Uh, uh, to, to to go back to the tie-in of the yeah. of the like is is he on board with trans things or not? Uh, Suzanne Shepard plays the character of Big Ethel, who is either Tracy Ullman or Chris Isaac's. It's, it's Tracy Ullman's mother, and and she's like the ringleader of the neuters, who um is like trying to get a rally together, and she's the one that's trying to like bring the hammer down and stop all this sexual perversion, blah blah blah. Anyway. There's a house of bears that opens up in in the neighborhood. There are these three these three bears. It's literal, mama, or? huh? Actual H- bears, H- human bears, human bears. Human, okay. hu- human bears. There's a, a papa bear and a mama bear and and and, and a baby bear, a, a cub. And uh, uh, I, to my knowledge, it's the first time that that uh, Huzz bear has been used uh, in <laughs> on on the screen. That's true. um. Anyway. 
anyway, she's trying to root out all the sexual perversion and get rid of it from the neighborhood. And for whatever reason, ends up there looking for her daughter, who is now this cunnilingus bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, somebody at this giant bear orgy points to Suzanne Shepard, Big Ethel, and says, oh, a tranny bear. And the joke is, you are a large woman. You must be transgender and a bear. So it's 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 simultaneously fat phobic, <laughs> transphobic, and I laughed out loud and then felt bad. <laughs> um and that kind of that just that little exchange there is both like John Waters in a nutshell, kind yeah. of like yeah. the yeah. the like the ridiculousness that you laugh and then kind of afterwards wonder, was that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, asking the question, was that okay? Is like, that seems like his goal after every movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, incidentally, Suzanne Shepard got cast in this movie before she had read the script. And apparently Mm -hmm. at the table read started sobbing and wanted out of the movie. (gasps) Like, I I don't want to be in this movie. Get me get me out of it. And then apparently John Waters and and some of her castmates talked her into it. Um. Yeah, the, I mean this 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 movie ends with Johnny Knoxville like, okay, well, so so David Hasselhoff takes a dump in an airplane toilet, and then the ice from it knocks Chris Isaacs in the head, and then that leads to this like johnny knoxville floating in the air and then like a fountain of semen coming out of his head and baptizing everyone it's it's very it's Hot. this movie man this movie um but the one the, like i i wanted <laughs> i wanted to kind of make it this the like personal part of the of of, of today's show because yeah. it in a, in a sort of disturbing way struck at the heart of one of my fears for myself, which we've talked about on the show a lot that like, I'm one head wound away from discovering what my kink is mm. like it. A, a dude gets hit in the head and becomes an adult baby diaper lover. A dude gets hit in the head and becomes a rimmer. A girl gets hit in the head and suddenly she's a, a, a chronic masturbator. Um, uh, a guy gets hit in the head and um is is into is into big boobs like like everybody they get hit in the head and they get a concussion and then they get converted to a sex pervert and they all have a very specific fetish as, as a that, result that's also what the movie concussion was about was it really no i don't know that movie <laughs> oh that's that's about the nfl oh <laughs> uh, no. yeah and w- w- will smith is into into footballs up the ass so thanks concussion (laughs) but this this idea that like you are just one step away from something happening and then that like you'll discover what your crazy ass fetish slash kink is there's also the problematic undertone there that it's something wrong with you right like you've you've been brain damaged in some way and that's why your kink has risen to the surface <laughs> that I, I i think i i may also made me uncomfortable good job john waters <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's interesting i i i thought we had talked about it i thought we fixed you but i thought we had talked about it enough to where you like maybe you felt a little bit better about like 
where you're at sexually or what you're into, you still have this thing like this. It seems like I can't tell if it's a desire or fear that of of wanting to do other kinky things or, or wanting to want to do other kinky things. Yeah, so you're you're right. I have been feeling better about it lately. It's just like some old issues coming to the surface because of this weird ass movie. <laughs> um, and and I I think my self concept of what it must be like to have a really strong kink or a fetish is that it's a lot of fun, and I wish I had one. <laughs> and so some of it is like hoping that I have one that's gone undiscovered. I mean, we've talked about some that like end up being more kinky than you think like voyeurism yeah there's also there's also like one man's kink is another man's tuesday like it it, it's it's all about it's all about framing it correctly or whatever yeah did you learn did you what did you either learn or feel after watching this about like specifically around like kinks or sexuality um I mean, the core of the movie, I think, is 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 really is really kink affirming. Like they are the they are the protagonists of this universe. That that uh, let your freak flag fly is sort of the 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 undertone there, and and that that leaning in and being who you are and exploring your sexuality leads to your salvation. Is is uh, at least that's the message I took away from. Yeah from the the film so it, that aspect I, I really very much enjoyed yeah and plus tracy ullman's amazing <laughs> it's uh, um so while we're on the personal section i mean what i saw in um my like takeaway from female trouble was, was similar of like the concept of beauty there can be an entirely different definition of it and people in the mainstream may try to take advantage of that for profit and, and be shitty about it, but just do it anyway. It almost, I don't know. I I think about, um, it makes me think about just like the amount of concern I have for trying to do, um, like make, especially like things that I write or movies make them perfect or make them fit into the mold. And, and it, it encouraged me to think a little bit more about just doing what I like and telling a story I want to tell. And if, and that's something I'm struggling right now with a lot personally. So it like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's not going to fix it, but it like, it helped show that sign of like, do it. You like, and, and talk about the things you want to, because that's going to go further than trying to make something that you think everyone wants to like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do we do it? Is there more? Um, I'll read you one last quote that does not fit in with anything, but but I just really liked. Great. It, is it have anything to do with John Waters? <laughs> Herman Melville once said, <laughs> a, "A big whale, something, something." I think. Um, the only thing I haven't tried is necrophilia and coprophagia. And I don't plan to do either, although necrophilia is just fear of performance. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh man. shit. No, I have one more thing. I just, all the, okay. He said, even racist like hairspray. That's the only really perverse movie I made. <laughs> and I love that idea of like, he thinks the most disgusting thing he's done is make a movie that like was big and commercially successful and like white bread mainstream people liked it. He's like, gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay, those are my final thoughts on John Waters. I love it. I love it. Um, 
Yeah, we did it. We did it. Okay, let's <laughs> let's 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 take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on so many social medias at Gayish Podcast. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We have our Discord, which you can find if you go to our website or our Facebook group and you'll see links and stuff. And, you know, just be cool and have fun discordant uh our hotline you can leave us voicemails or send us text messages it's 5855-GAYISH that's 585-542-9474 standard rate supply our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com wasn't that dramatic so good our <laughs> our physical mailing address is post office box 19882 seattle washington 98109 um oh uh send one- in your recovery stories yeah, yeah. If you are in recovery, um, let us know uh, what your experience is. You can share whatever the part you think would be useful to know. And in particular, um, I'm curious to hear what it's like being in the LGBT community, being in gay spaces where drinking is so seemingly uh, front and center. So what that experience is like. Um, and we will read some on the air. So send those to the email address, the aforementioned email address. Yes. Do it, please. Gay Sincerators? I guess yeah. Let's do a guess. Yeah, trace. Okay, do, why do, not? Do you want to go first or second, Kyle? Uh, I'll go second. Great. I will go first then. Makes sense. Uh, the straightest thing about me this week. Okay, I'm gonna bitch just for a second about my dad, <gasps> and I don't think he listens. I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen. Although he threatened to listen to the horses episode because we were at the same hotel, and I was like, "Do not listen, Dad. I'm gonna talk about horse dicks." Oh no. Anyway, um, so we flew into O'Hare for the Kentucky Derby, and then we drove the five hours to Louisville, Kentucky. Somewhere along the line, my mostly deaf father said he could hear a sound in the rear axle and was certain that the car was bad. We needed to change it. There's no way this car will make it back to Chicago. I was like, okay, fine. I will humor you. I called Enterprise. They said, go to the Louisville airport. We will find you a different vehicle. I said, okay, great. And then the lady there said, we don't have any other cars. And I said, any other cars and she said well (laughs) you could have this dodge caravan and i said okay and drove a dodge caravan the rest of this trip a massive eight passenger van (laughs) it is he enormous and i had to drive that around fucking downtown chicago but just driving a soccer mom grocery hauler (laughs) on this trip to chicago (laughs) is like that's the straightest thing about me. Yeah, yeah. When else, when else would you draw, drive a giant fucking van like that? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And uh, God. When you're following John Waters' dating advice and telling people to just fucking get in the van. Yeah. Fucking get in! <laughs> <laughs> See our Patreon segment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the gayest thing about me this week, I, um, you know, listeners send me dick pics. Sometimes it's their dicks. Sometimes it's the dick pics of others. Either they way, send you random dick pics. Oh like, yes, not absolutely. Their own? Most of them are challenging me on my whole "there is no ten inch dicks" thing, and right. uh, and then I I typically give them feedback about like, well, you, do you, <laughs> do you see do you, do you see the Photoshop like artifact here on this part of the dick? Like it's mm-hmm. clearly been altered. You're full. Anyway, this is not the point of my whole thing. <laughs> uh, um. 
a listener sent me some dicks. And then I, I, I immediately logged on to Windows and typed, it should be a sin for a man that pretty to have a dick that pretty. And realized that I was typing in the messenger window to my mom. <gasps> <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, it, it was your mom, though, so it's totally fine. There's a lot of people that that would have been worse for. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I managed to catch that before I pressed enter and send it to the correct person. But yeah, I, you know, I almost. Oh, my God. I, I almost texted my mom about dicks, <laughs> which, like you said, she would be fine with. <laughs> Um, my, uh, straightest is my computer fucked up. I was troubleshooting it. I figured out it was an issue with the router causing the update not to install. So I had to, uh, reinstall a new firmware onto the router. Uh, so, um, I'm firm just hearing about that. (laughs) (laughs) Where, um, uh, the gayest thing about me is every moment leading up to when i fixed it because i was like (laughs) when i first i when i run into problems like this i'm like i'm too gay to know how to fix this and i don't know what to do about that and i'm just this lonely unintelligent gay person who can't fix their computer and then i would like uh, not i didn't know i was like do i have a router i do it's right there but they're talking about this other box do i have that other box am i doing the right thing like everything about it was the gayest way to get to like i I think I was just freaking out and then I ended up fixing it. So it was fine. But, you know, Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Did, yeah. they, did you like gay freak out? Oh, in my head, I was like, it it could have been a nasty spiral had I not figured it out. And then I got there and was like, oh, everything's fine. You know, that yep. relief when it's like I didn't act- accidentally send my mom a, a text yeah. about <laughs> pretty dicks. Like, it's that like, oh, OK. Whew. Everything's fine now. Do you have well, a listeners? Yep, sure do. So this one is from our Discord server. It's from Half Blood Prince, also known as Devin, and he says, "Straightest, going to the jazz game with my dad. That's the Utah Jazz. I think they play basketball." Yeah. Um, yeah. gayest, telling my grinder date we have to reschedule because I'm going to the jazz game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. Um. Thank you to John Waters. Thank you to John Waters. And thank you to Dan for being good at the what what do you want to hear game? Oh yeah. No, well, oh no, don't I I what's anti thanks? Fuck off, Dan. Stop it. Um, uh, <laughs> um I, I'm angry that he keeps winning, so I'm gonna have to try real hard on the next one. Um maybe like the the next topic I suggest will be Hi, it's Kyle. Pick me. <laughs> just to like really just, just, I just need a win. Everybody. You'll be so sad when you lose. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I can't now. But anyway, uh, thank you to John Waters for being a gay icon and for making crazy trash and divine for just being her nasty self. Yeah. And thank you to you listening at home. Yeah, I want to thank Tracy Ullman because I love her and her vagina. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> um, do, what? Do, do, you, do you want to thank our Gap Bridgers or do they not get that this week? Shit, I always forget that that's my line. <laughs> I even have them written out here. <sighs> I would like to thank naturally and... <laughs> easily <laughs> as if i do this all the time uh, our super gap bridges patrick martin anonymous christopher 
Christopher Farrell, Jamie Pugh, Tipsy McStumbles, Thomas B., Chris Cachatorian, Jerome York, and Cian and Javi. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well <laughs> done. I mean, Cian fucked it up himself on the Zoom call, so yeah, it's fine. Like, yeah. No <laughs> more I... shit can be given to you ever again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that is it. This has been Gayish from the CNN Hobby Studio. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See ya. Bye. Oh, wait. Critical error appeared? Aborting now? That's the offensive thing. I didn't see it on Zencaster. Zencaster is giving us an abortion, apparently. <laughs>